This is a liberal talk on breast cancer screening. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. When it comes to breast cancer, early detection is the best prevention. Joining me to talk today about breast cancer screening, current recommendations, newer technology, and the impact of COVID-19 on screening processes is uh, Therese Michaels, Manager of St. Luke's Breast and Bone Health. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. You know, men obviously, well, what, what 1% of breast cancers in men, right? I think it's, I think that's what it is, something like that, right. less than 1%. But, you know, for the most part, men don't understand uh, mammography and, and the, the discomfort that it causes and the trepidation that women might have in getting that. Um, so at what age should women start to have mammograms regularly? Well, as a facility here, we go by ACR guidelines and Society of Breast Imaging. And the recommendations for them is start at 40 unless you have any other relative history um, to genetics there. You're 40 and then yearly above after that. So start at 40, but yearly following 40. Correct. So yeah. Okay. Unless right. you have some first degree relatives with breast cancer, sometimes your physician will ask you to start before then, like between 30 and 40. Okay. All right. And is there an age when that then you can stop getting mammograms? Uh, not necessarily with the guidelines that we follow as well. They say to have yearly mammograms through age 74, there's really no limit as to what age you should stop having mammograms. There are some women that do have incidences of other um, health-related problems that may keep them from having surgeries from the breast cancer if, if it's found. Um, so in those cases, we ask them to consult their provider as to when and how much they should have a mammogram. Sure. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Kind of like uh, pelvic exams. It's yeah. based individually on each patient. You hear this uh, uh, dense breast tissue. Uh, what, what, describe what that is. What does that mean, I guess, for a woman if she is told that she has dense breast tissue? That can be confusing to most women. Um, a lot of them take that as the size of their breasts, believe it or not. Um, they think they don't have dense tissue because they don't have full breasts, but it, it's more about genetics. Um, your dense tissue is based on mom or your prior history with relatives. And what your breast is made of is um, fatty tissue and basically dense tissue. Dense tissue, it's almost like looking for a polar bear through a foggy day. It's just really thick tissue that's hard to see things small. So we um, base off the opinion of how much percentage of dense tissues in your breast compared to the fatty tissue. Some women don't have met much breast dense breast tissue. Some have a lot where it's, it covers their entire breast, which can make it hard to find small cancers and small little cysts and such in your breast. Well, I think people know what the term three-dimensional means, right? And they know what the term mammography means, but 3D mammography, what is that? And is that, is that a option for women that have dense breast tissue or what, what is the option for that? Absolutely. Um, 3D mammography here at Breast and Bone is standard of care now. So if you're going to walk through our doors, we every screening mammogram has 3D mammography what it, with it. It did does help breast. Did, did not know that. I thought it was something. Yeah. Kind of, but that's yes. just, that's the standard of care. Standard of care for our department, correct. That's so 
Um, we made that decision about a year ago because the majority, if not pretty much all insurances are covering the 3D mammography now. And it has, um, I think it's with the, with cancers, it's increased the cancer detection rate by I believe 40% when we use wow. 3D mammography. So we have found that just to be the basic standard of care. But with 3D, what it does is it's like taking multiple slices through your breast. So instead of just one still shot like we used to with 2D mammography, you can picture like a loaf of bread and you're cutting slices through it. That's very similar to what 3D mammography is, is you're, we're just taking your breast and looking at it slice by slice. So we can cut through all that dense tissue and cut through everything else through your through your breast tissue. A lot more detail in those images. So we're able to detect cancer more earlier on. So when when does MRI play into this? Because sometimes I hear of patients having an MRI on a mammogram. Um, I, uh, what, what does that mean? Uh, actually, there's two types of M breast MRI. Now there's okay. abbreviated which or fast breast MRI or a full breast MRI, which is what we've done in the past years prior. Abbreviated or fast MRI has just come into play in the last couple of years here in this region. Uh, both are considered um, more detailed tests. The abbreviated fast MRI can be used for patients that have dense breast tissue. It's more of a 10, 15 minute exam um, compared to the full breast MRI. Uh, the, the problem with that is that it's not covered by insurance, so it is an out-of-pocket expense, but it is a very detailed test. We also have automated breast ultrasound on the side of that with dense breast tissue here in our office too. That's sent through insurance and is usually covered by most insurances. So the full, breast MRI is for people that have high genetic risk. You know, you have, you have like first degree relative and you have dense breast tissue. You know, that's when that's more used for um, breast MRI. Are there women that like, so I, I'm a woman, I have my mammogram at 45 and I had dense breast tissue. Is, does, does that ever go away or do, does dense tissue stay the whole time? Yeah, it, it can eventually go down as you age. I mean, with postmenopausal, you know, the dense tissue can relax okay. as you age as well. So um, from year to year, that can change. So one year you can have dense tissue and the next year the radiologist can um, label as not dense tissue. So it can fluctuate, but usually tends to go down as you age. Okay. Did not know that either. There's a yeah. lot you're talking about here that I had no clue about. So. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Now, as we've said in other podcasts, you know, disease didn't stop because of the pandemic. And I know we did uh, uh, suspend uh, outpatient radiology studies uh, across the continuum, uh, right. across the organization. So just kind of walk us through what, how the pandemic affected and is affecting uh, breast and bone. Yes. Well, that started, I believe, mid-March of 2020. You know, we were, by the ACR guidelines, suggested that we would shut down all screening mammography. We continued with the diagnostic portion of the mammography side of things. Um, I would say, I believe about 97% of facilities did close down their screening operations across the U.S., 
uh, it did in the next couple months uh, decrease the screening mammography, I think by around 90 to 97%. So what happened when we came on board, back on board in June, we were gradual coming back into screening mammography. Patients were afraid. They were afraid to come out um, as with anything with the with COVID and the pandemic, they were afraid to come out of their house. And, you know, we've seen a couple patients actually wait. I mean, I remember one in particular had a lump and she waited, I think, six to eight months to come get that checked. And it was a cancer. So just keep in the back of your mind that cancer does not take a break during pandemics. It does not no, wait we... for it to be over with. Um, so it's very important to continue any type of screening that is um, that your doctor recommends. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I hear it, hear it a lot. Well, why we're so busy and it's not all COVID. Why are we so busy? Well, you know, you're, we're trying to get, I mean, we really slowed things down for a good six months almost. Correct. And so you're just basically trying to get 18 months worth of work done in a year. And it just, Correct. it stacks up. And you're right, the cancer didn't go away. The the heart disease didn't go away. And I, I, I do believe that's contributing to our, uh, yes. the volumes we're seeing in the hospital at this time. Yes. Um, now, breast and bone, I, I'm assuming you can confirm that. I mean, you follow the same precautions we take at the hospital, universal masking, uh, right. stay home if you're sick, uh, isolate, self-isolate when you can, uh, or, or, or socially distance, excuse me, when you can. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's great. Yeah, we do. So, Trace, tell me how now with the electronic health record mm -hmm. and my chart and we release things right away correct um, when i was in private practice we never ordered a test on a friday unless it was an emergency of course because i didn't want the patient to wait all weekend thinking about that test right, right. so now with my chart uh you have a a, a scary procedure a mammogram yes. comes back abnormal and right. it's in my chart before the doctor can what do you prep patients to say look you know this uh, wait for the final read, you know, what do, do you factor that into the, the encounter with the patient? We do, you know, our staff um, go over that at our monthly meetings. You know, we talk about what we can tell the patient and what we can say. And most, most normally we'll ask if they're on the my chart and we'll just say, you know, if, if you see on your report that you are getting called back or there's some, you know, some wording in that always drop, you know, call us and we'll look it up. But for the majority of uh, mammography and results coming over to my chart, the patient's going to see it before their physician can even see it. So yeah, we, they may. I mean, you get a you get an alert to your phone when it when it's resulted. You know, when yes, it's signed. It, it yeah. could be two hours from the exam. Yeah, is yeah. Really that. So we do make the patients aware of that. It's a great thing. Um, but we ask that they reach out to us if, you know, if they have it and they're receiving it and they have questions, um, they don't have to wait for us to call, but we also make them aware that we will be in contact with them if the need is there to call them back. Well, that's it. That, that's an important topic to mention uh, and continues to be important. I mean, it's great. It's outstanding that patients are involved in their healthcare and they can go into my chart. They can understand what they had done. They can they can remind their doctor to follow. I mean, as a physician, you love it, but you'd also hate to have that miscommunication or someone worry uh, yes. when they don't have to. Yes. Bone yeah. and breast has been there 10 years. Is that right? As far as the, in this facility, it's been yeah. about seven to eight years. We were okay. over at the MOP building prior to that. So we've been around for a good 30 to 30 some years. Um, yeah. 
I could, I, you know, I, I guess I time goes so fast. It seems like it's been over there longer, but yeah, okay. Yes. yes. Yeah, we have this clinic. We also have um, a mam mammogram machine at Westdale. We also have one at Marion that also has bone density there as well. So we have expanded a little bit um, to provide services for patients to make it more convenient for them to, you know, just decide what can what uh, location is best. Yeah, that's. Uh, I know Cedar Rapids is not big, but sometimes it's a it's a challenge to for some people to drive across. I grew up in Cedar Rapids and like. You know, if it wasn't on the northeast side, my parents were like, no, that's too far away. Correct. Uh, Correct. You know, yeah. like yeah. You go to Beaver Park Zoo. We lived on the northeast side. It was like you thought I asked to go to like Paris, France. <laughs> yeah. it, some uh, patients don't like to travel. No, they don't like you, to drive downtown. So no, the Marion and the West Hill yeah. locations are awesome. You stay in your quadrant and yeah. everything works fine. Yes. So, so you, you mentioned the three convenient locations. Yeah, you mentioned the the very helpful staff. We've had multiple people on uh, from uh, Bone and Breast over the years, from Helen G. Nassau Cancer Center. All great people take mm -hmm. such pride in your work. You're you're always always fun to be here uh, because of that pride you take. But yeah. how can someone get a mammogram scheduled? How would that go about? What what can a listener hear today that they can get that mammogram scheduled? Perhaps one they might have put off during the pandemic. Yes, you know. A couple of ways you can go to our website. There is a link to click on um, to request an appointment there, and somebody would be in contact with you in the next couple of days. Or you can call us directly. Our number is 319-369-7216. And you know, somebody will answer and definitely get you scheduled for that. Or we do have walk-in services for screening mammography. All you will need is an order from your physician. So you can walk into any of our three locations between the hours of 9 to 3 p.m. and we'll get you in for your mammogram. Well, Therese, this has been great information uh, as always. Thanks so much for taking your time. Again, this is Therese Michaels, manager of St. Luke's Breast and Bone Health. For more information, visit unipoint.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers, about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.